This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Think Radio. Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Val. How's it going? Not so bad. Not so bad. How about you? Uh, it's been a it's been a good week. I mean, Labor Day was Monday. It was uh, a, a short week. I'm still kind of confused. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. Dazed and confused for so long. It's not true. Uh, I'll tell you what's going on this morning. Trying to reason with hurricane season. You know, Sally's bearing down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast and Louisiana, and we just can't seem to get a break from hurricane season. So we want to tell all of our coastal listeners to to beware, be safe. Uh, Tropical storm soon to be hurricane, from what I understand. Sally coming into the Gulf full steam ahead. Uh, Keep a heads up, keep sharp, be aware. This seems to be a pretty rough storm coming at us. So what you cooking, Carol? Well, Mel, I've been cooking a lot, but I've also been cooking a lot of pears. (laughs) I've seen you with your pear presents. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I wanted to make some pear preserves, and I think I told you a few weeks ago, I failed badly. And thanks to some help, from April McGregor, who's been on the show and also one of our uh, cooking and coping Facebook friends, she she bailed me out. So another friend brought me two giant boxes of pears. Now on the box, it says 25 pounds of tomatoes. Mm. I'm assuming it's 25 pounds of pears as well, but I have been cutting pears for days and ended up with 36 jars of pear preserves, including some for you in Java. All right. Sounds good. Now, somebody on uh, Cooking and Coping pointed out that you could have been making pear honey. Now, what's the difference between pear preserves and pear honey? Have you ever made pear honey? I have not, and we need to find out. Somebody needs to call in and tell us. But I did make a pear tart Saturday night, and I'm making pear pound cake tomorrow so i'm just hoping that finally there are no more pears <laughs> be careful what you ask for carol <laughs> <No>. <laughs> now speaking of pound cakes uh kara uh baked two beautiful almond pound cakes yesterday and so i've been enjoying uh fresh pound cake around our house so that's been delightful i bet you cut up something and put on top of it too you know, all I did uh, actually was put a little ice cream on it. Didn't didn't put any fruit on it, though we have some fruit, but I did not. Well, you can't beat that. And I wanted to mention something else I've been learning lately on cooking and coping is that there's so many new products out there that, uh, you know, can turn an ordinary meal into something extraordinary. And I've never been one for using a whole lot of canned goods and sauces, but I discovered a, well, there's several lines of Indian products, and I've seen them at Whole Foods. They also have them at Kroger, and so this week we had a shrimp curry, and instead of me making the curry sauce, I sauteed uh, a few of the shrimp and then put a going 
curry sauce, you know, in the pan and just heated it up. It was delicious. And who knew that you could now buy Indian bread, naan, in the oh. freezer section, you know, of the grocery store. And it was a delicious meal because, you know, we're 40 miles out from an Indian restaurant. So sometimes you have to bring a little India home. And it was a quick way to get a mighty fine meal. That's great. And where did you find this sauce, this uh, jar of sauce? I, well, I found them at Whole Foods, but I've seen some. You've seen Kobe, them? Seen some. And, yeah, they have maybe 10 different ones of different spice levels. But the quality was excellent. There weren't many preservatives in it. And the, the sauce that I looked at was only 100 calories, a mm. half cup. And I know you don't have to worry about that, but I thought well, that was a real benefit. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, besides hurricane season, it's also football season. And uh, with that comes tailgating and the whole, you know, dilemma about whether or not tailgating uh, will occur this year in and around football season. <clears throat> but I noticed a friend of ours, John Currents, has a new book about tailgating. Yeah, I, it's called Tail Great. And this sounds like Currents. It's Tail Great, How to Crush It. <laughs> it, it, tail, it tailgating, but uh, I think we should put a little bug in Java's ear after the show and see if we can't get John to to join us and tell us about the new book. Okay. And it, what's it called again? Tail great. Tail great, like G R E A T. Tail great. How to crush it at tailgating. So this is John Currents from Oxford, Mississippi, fame, and uh, I believe he is a James Beard Award winning chef yes. from that area yes he is and he's been a guest before and is a great guest to have on the show and speaking of tailgating today we're going to talk about barbecue barbecue sauces uh, marinades and everything that is related to barbecue whether you like ketchup based vinegar based mustard based or any kind of other sauce trudy fisher is going to join us after the break and talk to us uh, about she is the barbecue expert on this particular program and she's been on a few times and talk about crushing it yeah she can certainly crush it now i see that uh, governor tate reese has declared september as hunger awareness month in mississippi and our good friends at uh, extra table are offering a calendar of ways that neighbors can can help out and to understand what hunger looks like i think you can go to the extra table website and uh, follow what's going on there Again, September is Hunger Awareness Month, and while we're on a show talking about the extravagance of, of good food, we also want to be mindful that there are many, many people who are not as blessed as we are who can sit around and talk about sauces. And uh, Malcolm, it's a good yes. thing to remind everybody that Extra Table serves the whole state. Uh, it serves a number of food pantries all over the state, so when you donate or work with Extra Table, you're helping an awful lot of folks. And I'm sure you saw on the news the other day, the USDA Farmers to Families giveaway down at the fairgrounds, uh, where the USDA gives gives away boxes of food. And you know, I saw pictures of the long lines there, and it's just a good reminder that we need to be helping our neighbors. And right. th this program is really phenomenal. And I, I, it came out of, I'm 
certain, you know, at the first of the quarantine, when we weren't getting produce and food to the markets and farmers' food was just rotting in the fields, uh, they came up with this way to actually benefit the food growers and families. And it's uh, it's a, about a $4 million program. And they box, they give you boxes of produce, dairy, and meat. And it's happening all over the country. And this is probably the fourth or fifth one that's happened in Jackson. And I know it's happened in other places in the state. But that is the farm to families program very good i'm gonna uh do a quick turnaround here and i'm gonna uh ask java if he'll turn his microphone on and share with us you know java took an online cooking class recently and we've been talking about those online cooking classes and i'd like to hear how that went for you java tell it to us yeah the online the online cooking class was was pretty cool i had never done anything like that i mean i dabble in the kitchen if that's what you want to call it like warming stuff up in the oven or stirring stirring uh rice in a pot i don't you know but um it was pretty cool my cousin was um it was actually for her birthday and i know a lot of people have been doing that with the quarantine since you know everybody can't get together for these kind of big outlandish parties and things so people have been kind of uh doing the zoom and it was all over zoom the chef she was based out of new york my cousin she lives in washington dc so everybody was just connecting from their family from Atlanta and um uh, my mom even here in Jackson was uh was a part of it and I mean we cooked fried chicken made this very nice uh Carol I know you can appreciate this and you too Malcolm Nashville hot uh oh boy chicken yeah Yeah. we yeah we actually made the made the sauce uh did this thing called quick pickling so we did the onions and the vinegar and uh I mean, my wife, she was there doing like the heavy, heavy lifting. So, <laughs> uh, but from but from my perspective, it was it was good. It was fun. Uh, we made biscuits like on the spot. So, I mean, it was it was nice. And I encourage anybody if you need uh, like an escape or something to do, find you an online um, um, cooking course and uh, and just try it out. It's it's good fun, even if you're doing it with strangers, because a lot of times people are just you know trying to have fun and expand and I mean mess up. That's part of the process, you know. And you always learn something. I mean, I used to say that at cooking schools at the Everyday Gourmet. Even if you are a great cook, you learn at least one thing. And as far as your cooking goes, Java, we expect you to join in on all future biscuit conversations since you know how to make biscuits now. <laughs> well, I will. You know, that's one thing that that really stumps us and a lot of people. And I, and I, and I will say this too. I am going to start uh, posting on cooking and coping the facebook page i do i'm i, I kind of lurk and, and and like pictures uh every so often but my wife and i we just got an air fryer so that's like a, a piece of uh kitchen equipment that i can work <laughs> and uh I, I i will do some dishes and and post them on the facebook page well you know we've been wanting to talk about air fryers for the longest time, air fryers and Instapots, but we know nothing about it. So you can become the resident uh, air fryer guy. And my, I air, hear they're they're amazing. The air fryer, and, and it's just funny you said Instapot because we I 
I'll throw the name. We got a Ninja Foodie, and it is an air fryer and Instapot all in one. And, I mean, you know, so far we've just been cooking uh, french fries really, really fast. But, um, <laughs> you know, we're going we're gonna to do some other things uh, as, we, as we move along. <laughs> uh, that's great. So, you, so the um, cooking class was really a birthday party for the family, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. So, you know, uh, it, was, it was really good just being, you know, with your, with your loved ones uh, on the Zoom and, you know, socially distant. But uh, just adding that cooking aspect to the – and then one thing that we did at the end, every, we had a, like a plating competition. So everybody cooked the same dishes, but it was who could make the night the best plate. And, you know, people had different garnishes. And uh, uh, as you see, you drizzle the um, the Nashville hot honey sauce on your – on your plate and real fancy. So that was, that was fun too. So Java, did they send you a list of ingredients ahead of time? Yes. Yes. They sent you a list of ingredients and, um, you know, you're supposed to have everything prepared even, um, with, um, uh, think like what a couple of things already kind of pre-mixed just to make everything kind of move fast, uh, mm. during the cooking class. Yep. Well, that's great. We appreciate you taking the time to share that with us. I, I knew that you had taken that class, and Carol and I were both really curious how it went for you. So we're going to bring you in more and more now. You're going to be posting on Cooking and Coping, and uh, you're going to be helping us understand a little bit more about this quick frying and this uh, this ninja outfit that you yeah. got. That sounds <laughs> the exciting. Fir- the first thing to look for is some is some salmon. So look 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 for. I looked up some recipes just the other day about okay. how to cook salmon in the air fryer. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll have that on as a feature coming up. Salmon in the in the air fryer by the one and only Java Chapman. Thanks for sharing with us. All right, Carol. I guess it's time for us to take our first break today, and uh, we're gonna we come back. We'll welcome Trudy Fisher. She's been one of our favorites uh, throughout our time here. She talks about barbecue, and uh, we're going to focus on sauces and different ways, different styles of sauces, different kinds of sauces, whether to marinate, to baste, or to add your sauce at the end, or to go dry rub. All of that's a possibility. Everyone is welcome to join the conversation at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-672. 7464. We'd be glad to see an email from you. Shoot it to food at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back with Trudy Fisher. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Listening to the mess around right here on Deep South Dining with Carol Puckett and Malcolm White. You're tuned to MPB Think Radio, 
This is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Welcome back, folks. Hello, Carol. Hey, Val. You messing around? I am messing around, and I am so excited about our topic today. Why don't you do the honors? Well, I am so happy to because we want to welcome back our friend Trudy Fisher, who is a lawyer by day and a championship barbecuer by night. And she has been one of our favorite guests uh, because not only does she know her stuff, but she's given us a lot of great tips that our listeners absolutely love. So let's talk about it. Hey, Trudy. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's a little early in the morning to be uh, talking about barbecue for some people, but for us, there's no time like, like the present. And never too early, never too early to talk barbecue. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Labor Day was this past week. What did you cook on Labor Day? We had, I had a, um, did some baby back ribs and um, with a peach jalapeno jam glaze. And mm. then my favorite uh, smoked turkey for some pulled, pulled turkey with some white barbecue sauce using the Duke's mayonnaise recipe. Wow. I know I know you love um, using that sauce, and that's a good one. I'll tell you what I tried on Labor Day. I, I smoked a butt, and I tried the Hoover sauce for the first time uh, as a marinade. I'd never tried it before. You know about the Hoover sauce, I'm sure, Trudy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet it turned out well. It was very good. Um, like I said, I usually just dry uh, dust my my butt and put it on indirect and just let it go until I've had all the smoke and char I want. And then I wrap it real tight and put it in the oven for, for a long time until it gets tender. But the Hoover sauce this time from Louise, Mississippi was the featured item. So Mal, what kind of grill do you have? Uh, I just have a Weber, just a sort of standard unit. Nothing fancy about it at all. Uh, I'm not like Trudy. I don't, you know, have have every accoutrement that is made for barbecuing. Well, I tell you what, I used my Weber uh, about you know just last week when I smoked some salmon out there on it. So it's it's hard to beat a Weber kettle grill. You know, I've asked for one for my birthday because from being on this show, I realized that I have a grilling deficit. I have never learned to grill. And after the first time Trudy was on, she gave us a recipe for a grilled corn salad. That was my first foray into the grill. Pitiful as that is, but I grilled, and I've I've done it a lot now. I grilled the corn, just like you said, Trudy, you know, two minutes, rotate it two minutes, keep it on about 15 minutes on a gas grill. But I'm wanting some uh, charcoal and smoke. And I, I think yeah. the, the Weber's a good place to start, either you know, that or a, a wagon grill. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us all your different your different uh, pieces of equipment. Now, I've seen your backyard before, and I've I, I know there's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. Well, I've got um, I've got a I've got a grill that's a gas grill. It'll it'll do gas, charcoal, and wood and pellet. So that's really a lot of fun to play around with, uh, but I have just a standard uh, upright smoker that uh, I used on the comp when I was in competition. 
uh, with the water pan, firebox, and then then the Weber. So I've I've cut back a little bit on on some of my outdoor cooking equipment. But um, there are a few things I'm still eyeing out there that's uh, going to be a lot of fun to try in the backyard. So have you ever had a green egg? I have not. I have not. On our um, cooking and coping website, we we see a lot of people uh, using that and using it for you know, things like pizza as well as doing um, doing just beautiful meats. But it seems like it's kind of a, a cult thing. Once you get one, that's yeah. you become a maniac. Yeah, everybody likes to have them, and people love them. And, and I've eaten some fantastic food that uh, friends have cooked on their green egg. You know, when they first came out, it was so popular. Uh, I couldn't afford one, so I never got in on early on. And so <laughs> I just stuck with my Weber grill, and it seemed it was working fine. So I just I stu- stuck with what I, what I know and what I like. So let's talk about sauces, Trudy. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, conversation about different types of sauces from different regions. Uh, I've always contended that Mississippi doesn't have a unique barbecue uh, sauce or tradition, though we are influenced certainly by Memphis, influenced by Missouri, influenced by Texas and others. What's your take on uh, the map of the sauces that we know? Yeah, I think the the map of the sauces we know really it it goes back to the or- origins of our country. I mean, you look at the you look at the colonies that were first settled. You look at the regions of Africa and the Caribbean where uh, slaves were brought in and when they were brought in first to our country. And that's where you really see the history and the origins of the sauces. And I agree with you, Malcolm. I don't think in Mississippi we are we have one sauce because you look at the history of our state. You know, we're from all over. And so people brought what they liked and what they were influenced by from from North Carolina. You know, we we had a lot of settlers early on from North Carolina. Uh, So, you know, that probably influenced. You had a lot of the Tennessee settlement coming down into Mississippi. Uh, So I think it's it's really goes back to the the origins of our country and tracing that. I said in my next career, I'd love just to spend some time and really write a deep do some detailed historical analysis on on barbecue and sauces. Uh-huh. And well, that's why I'm, I think I'm in South pretty... Carolina, in South Carolina is so interesting. You know, you had a lot of Germans settle in South Carolina in the 1700s. And so they brought their mustard influence. And so that's why you have part of South Carolina known for the mustard sauce. They came from the Germans. Um, you had um, African slaves come in that were used to the hot peppers and tartness. Well, they got, you know, when they got here, they said, well, we don't have a lot of lemons and limes. What's this vinegar? You know, let's use some vinegar uh, with our peppers. So it's just the history is just fascinating uh, when you go back and really spend some time looking at it. Well, you just covered a point that uh, that I wanted to cover. I went to college in South Carolina and fell in love with the mustard based sauce and yeah, didn't realize how many Germans came, I believe it was in the in the 17th century, they actually recruited Germans, the, the government uh, recruited Germans to come to that area and paid their pass, passage on ships. And so that's why in that one region of South Carolina, you get the yellow mustard, but in other regions, you have the more vinegar and pepper-based sauces and the tomato sauce. Right. 
Right. And the further west you got, it seemed that the tomatoes, you, you got to see more of the tomato sauce added to blend out, mild out the peppers and the vinegar. Uh, it's interesting in Tennessee, you know, Tennessee such a, uh, a long state, big state from east to west. You know, eastern Tennessee barbecue is different than western Tennessee barbecue because of its proximity to the Carolinas uh, and, and that historical influence. So it's really, it's really a fascinating part, I think, of our food culture and history uh, in the South. Trudy, what is the East Tennessee? Is that more of a vinegar? More of a vinegar. More of a get vinegar with the influencing, beginning of the influencing of the tomato, but still more of a vinegar than, so, a, than, a, than thin. a thicker, thicker thin, thin, yes. Yeah, yeah thin. And, and what's your take on, uh, speaking of Memphis, what's your take on the dry rub versus the wet barbecue sauce? I like both. You know, it kind of depends on who the audience is, who my guests are that I'm serving on what I'm going to do. But um, ribs can be cooked with just, you know, with just your dry rub and have a heavy coating of dry rub on it, and they can be tender and fall off the bone. Wonderful. Um, I, my preference with ribs is to use the dry, I have a dry rub, but I finish it off with a glaze. I don't have a heavy sauce. I think, you know, one thing people always need to remember, and I try to remember, is like your sauce is to complement your product, whatever it is. It's not to overpower. It's not to stand alone. And so I think for ribs, it's such a, you know, a small piece of meat that you're working with anyway. You have to be careful that your sauce, that you're not just, you, you just don't have some meat in some sauce. And so that's why I think a glazed and dry rub works. Uh, and then, and, and then for my guests, I always have sauce on the side. If they want more, they, you know, please add more. But I usually just try to, to minimize the sauce so it, it's there to complement. Trudy, mm -hmm. do you glaze at the, at the end of cooking while the meat is still on the grill, or do you glaze when you take it off? While the meat is still cooking on the grill. And um, I think the guests, the, the listeners have heard me say this before, I mean, an aluminum pan and foil are your best friends when you're cooking in your backyard or cooking, smoking anywhere. Uh, but I will uh, wrap my, wrap the ribs in foil and let and put a little put a little apple juice, a little vinegar in the foil, and let them steam in that foil. Uh, and do a finger test when they're tender. Just you know, you don't want to be able to push all the way through the meat. But you take those out, and then I do a little dusting of the dry rub. And then, like this last glaze I did. You know, we all have, I learned a couple of years ago, we all have jellies in the back of our refrigerator. Like, what in the heck am I going to do with that jelly? You know, who, who ever thought about <laughs> doing this type of jelly? And, um, but I, I, I did know what I was going to do with this jelly. I, it was a jalapeno peach jam. And so right about 30 minutes, Carol, before I took them off, uh, I just I kind of loosened up that jam with a little bit of vinegar and uh, honey because I knew I didn't want it to be too hot and then just brushed it on, and it sat on there about 15 minutes. Well, Trudy, I'll be sending you some pear preserves. I have many, many jars of pear preserves, so maybe you can do a pear preserve on, uh, you know, on one of your meats. I will. Well, can I tell you a quick, quick tip about that? Yeah. Um, really, that's when I first started using what was in the refrigerator. I had some pear preserves that someone had given me. It was a lot of juice, all this juice. I thought, well... I hate to throw this away because the flavor was so good, but I'm just, you know, it was, and so it was so sweet that I added some red pepper and I added, well, I added a little hot sauce 
and I was doing a pork loin. Uh, and a pork loin, it you know, you can really dry them out in a hurry. So I just cook mine to about 150 degree internal temperature. But you got to do something really to a pork loin to make people go like, wow, that's really a, you know good for a pork loin. But I got that um, pear preserve, the syrup from the pear preserves, and did a pear preserve glaze on the pork loin. And now that's become just a standard way that I cook my pork loins um, because it's it's just everybody really likes that. So so all the listeners. Just think about what's in the back of your refrigerator that you've been wondering what you're going to do with on your uh, on your lighter fruit jellies and jams uh, when you're thinking about a glaze or a barbecue sauce. Well, I didn't know that, you know, I was going to be smart about this because I have saved the pear syrup. I saved, you know, fig syrup when I did the fig preserves and it was too liquidy. So now I know what I'm going to do with them. Absolutely. You get that I thought I was going to make drinks with them. but I, I think... We can do that too. But we can do that too. You get your Weber and you let me know and I'll come and do some demonstrations for you. Okay. You got a deal. Sounds like a party, Java. <laughs> Sounds like we're going to have a barbecue uh, cook-off out at Carol's house. Well, you're welcome anytime. <clears throat> Trudy, I have a question for you. I know that because you're a serious barbecuer that you probably, and I'm assuming here, you probably cook outside or grill or barbecue year round. Is that true? Do you think most people just try to do it in the summer and then in the wintertime they don't use their equipment? I, I do cook year round and I do think people, I think in the South, you know, I think we, we really have, you know, a longer window to cook than, than other people, other parts of the country. Um, you know, except for January and February, really late December, you can cook, but I, yeah, I cook year round. Um, I've got, you know, you can just, you can put your grill and you can design your outdoor areas where you can uh, minimize the influence from the North wind. If you, you know, if you're really serious about it, move your grill to the, to the South side of the house if you have to, but it's, right, right. yeah, yeah. Um, it's fun to do, especially when things are a little slower and, you know, around Christmas and the new years, there's just a lot of time good time to be out around the smoker and enjoying cooking outside we've got a caller here we got bill calling in from greenwood bill's a regular listener and we're always happy to hear from you how's it going bill i think you're there right buddy okay first off do you know if mr uh Clavin barwell did he ever have any big barbecues in indianola and in anything we know Claiborne Barnwell. Ever have any big parties in Indianola? Have a big barbecue, big blowout, or anything like that? I, I haven't been lucky enough to attend one, but if if there are invitations floating around, I can speak for Malcolm Pretty Job and myself. We'd love to come. <laughs> yeah, if you hear of any such thing, uh, barbecue blowouts, let us know. Okay, uh, and uh, you know I'm from Virginia, so I. I'm curious to know, uh, I'm from the southern part down in Norfolk, and I don't know what kind of barbecues they have. I haven't been there in years. I don't know if it's dry rub or wet rub or the mustard variety or the, the sauce variety. Y'all know anything about Virginia barbecue or any such thing called Virginia barbecue? Well, no. I'll say, I see Trudy shaking her head no. I was going to uh, pivot to her, but I'll say this. <laughs> Uh, my wife from Virginia and her father is from Northern Virginia, what they call the Northern Neck up on the Chesapeake Bay. And he is a 
major barbecue enthusiast. And whenever I go visit, we drive around the countryside and, and eat various uh, types of barbecue. And while I don't think Virginia uh, is recognized as having a distinct style like Memphis or Alabama or Texas, they have plenty of barbecue. And I think it's a lot like Mississippi's. It's sort of a, a combination of, of different influences. But, yeah, I think barbecue, uh, Virginia, Virginians love their barbecue. Yeah, Malcolm, I'd like to add that you know, barbecue does not respect state lines. And I would say that the southern part of Virginia, it just appears, uh, it, it depends on where you bump into North Carolina. You can have eastern North Carolina barbecue, barbecue sauce creeping up into Virginia as well as western Carolina sauce. So I bet that has a lot to do with it. And true to your group. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. And the last thing, uh, you know, this barbecue that you buy in the boxes, at the store that's like uh, $10 for a box full barbecue. Hello? Uh, I'm not familiar with it. Carol, are you? No, no. Tell us. You see it in Walmart. You see Walmart, all these different, they got a whole big thing of, you know, uh, uh, Jack Daniels and all that stuff. You know, buy the store in the box. Already, Already cooked barbecue. Oh, yeah, the barbecue's already cooked. Okay, you're talking I about have, the... I have to say that I have tried a lot of it, and I don't think it was cooked over wood. It doesn't really have much of a woody taste. It doesn't really, it doesn't really taste wonderful. You know, it's, <laughs> well, I would shy away from it if it does not taste wonderful. That would just be my only advice, but yeah. you got to do what you got to do. Yep. Bill, I thanks for calling in, man. We always appreciate you... Uh, tuning in and listening and you're always calling in with great questions we appreciate it i tell you what um, he did he did make he did trigger something that um that i wanted to share with with all of you about your sauces and you know i think we're going to talk a little bit about what you can do to make sauces at home but one thing that i found that's really helped when you're when you when you got your sauce that you're going to put on your meat before you take it off if you get, again, one of your favorite friends, an aluminum pan or an old pot that you don't care if the smoke's going to hurt, you put that on your smoker or your grill, put your sauce out there and let it warm up in your smoker or your grill with your wood smoke. And, it, you know, it'll really surprise you in, in, in 30 minutes or so that wood smoke is really going to impart a mild smoky flavor into your sauce. And there again... It's the same flavor that your wood is, that your meat is being cooked with, and so it really further complements uh, complements your meat that you're that you're using the sauce on. But it's a, it's a really good tip. You heard it here on Deep South Dining. All right, we're going to take a little break and come back and continue to talk about barbecue, barbecue sauce. Your calls are welcome. Trudy Fisher's our guest today. Carol and I. Very excited to hear from her, as always. She has uh, a wealth of information about smoking and cooking out on the grill. So stay tuned. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or shoot us an email to food at mpbonline.org. We'll all be right back.
Hey guys, I'm Baron Von Fork, your digital media manager here at MPB. I'd like to wish Mississippi Public Broadcasting a happy 50th anniversary. Hi, it's Rachel Martin with NPR's Morning Edition. People have stories about their car, that long summertime family road trip, that hand-me-down first car they got when they turned 16, the first car they bought on their own. And cars can generate other kinds of stories, like the kind you hear on this station. When you donate a vehicle to this station, the proceeds bring you stories from around the world. Here's how to get started. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email food at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Dining right here on MPB Think Radio, Mountain Light with Carol Puckett. We're talking barbecue and we're talking smokestack lightning. Welcome back, Carol. Well, welcome to Trudy Fisher, too. And about smokestack lightning, not only is it a great song, but it's the title of a book, Smokestack Lightning, by Lois Eric Ely from New Orleans, who is a good Southern Food Waste member. So check that out at your local bookstore. Is it about barbecue? It is a road trip of barbecue all around the South and the Midwest. Uh, and it's it's really become one of the classics. About 10 years old now. I got you. I got you. I'll have to check it out. Trudy, welcome back. We're glad you're with us. Thank you. Thank you. So we were talking about different sauces in different regions. I think you brought a sauce to share. Is that right? Did I have that correct? I did. Good. Would you mind sharing with us? Sure. No, this is a sauce that we posted on the website. Um, this is a sauce I found in an old magazine as I was looking through a, a junk store, I mean, an antique store, and picked up a magazine. Uh, and and uh, it's kind of got a, it's a Memphis, kind of Memphis approach, but a little bit of a North, Carol- North Carolina twist to it. But it's, um, you know, you, you, you take some butter and, and onion, and you're going to cook your butter and onion, and it's got uh, tomato sauce, garlic, apple cider vinegar, and a little different in this sauce, it has molasses. What intrigued me about this sauce was it used molasses instead of sugar. And, uh, and then it had yellow mustard and dry mustard and uh, light brown sugar and then crystal hot sauce. And I think the crystal hot sauce caught my attention, too, because I'm a crystal hot. I'm a crystal fan. And we well, all, so are we, yeah. So we all have our favorite. So I saw molasses and crystal hot sauce, and I thought I had to try it. And uh, it's it's a great sauce. Uh, it's it's doesn't take it's, it takes a little bit of effort to put together, but it's it's uh, it'll last in your refrigerator for three or four weeks. And it's really been people have really liked it and responded to it, responded to it really well. But we'll have that posted for the listeners so they can see if they want to give that a try. And you say you just found it in an old magazine? Yeah, I did. I did just rambling through a um, old antique store, picking up old magazines and. Something just caught my eye. It was something about recipes and um, just thumbing through it, and I just happened to see it. So it's uh, wow. it's, it's an old recipe, and um, 
I could not really find any more of the history about the, the recipe other than the magazine. And uh, so it, but I hope, I hope everybody will look on the website and give it a try and let us know what you think about it. Yeah. And I, I went looking through our Facebook page, Cooking and Toping, over the weekend just to see what people are doing with sauces and, you know, so I can ask Trudy some questions about them. And it was really interesting. You know, it looks like Korean barbecue sauces and other Asian barbecue sauces are very are getting, yeah, are very popular right now. And there is a dish that just sounded fabulous to me. Somebody did smoked brisket tacos with Alabama white sauce. Mm. Does that sound wonderful? Yes. Yeah. And then, that, that is a wonderful idea. And that's and that's a great thing to do with anything left over if you're barbecue. That's that's a kind of a staple around here. We're gonna have some soft tacos with whatever's left over. Whether it's fish, brisket, you know, pulled pork or pulled turkey, it's a great, yeah. it's a great second meal or, or a primary meal. And then I was, you know, uh, paying attention to commercial brands that that people use and saw a lot about Hoover sauce. But have you heard of Sassy Jones sauce? No. no. Okay. Well, several people mentioned Sassy Jones sauce, so I was hoping maybe one of our listeners had heard about it or knew where to get it. No, I'll look, I'll no look but we know that's the name of a great, great band. band from Jackson. Great band. <laughs> and I, I wondered if it had anything to do with, with Sandy Jones. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to check that out. I, um, you know, some of my favorites are um, Blues Hog. Uh, it's a Tennessee red sauce. And uh, you can get that locally at Grills in Mississippi. Uh, another favorite of mine, especially on brisket, it's the uh, Eat, E-A-T, Eat Sauce, uh, Pellet Envy. It's kind of a Memphis-style barbecue that that um, moved to Kansas City, you know, and uh, <laughs> and it, it, um, it's a really popular sauce, really good sauce. Uh, Pellet Envy is a, is a well-known grand champion team. Uh, but you can you can order that through the Kansas City Barbecue Shop for listeners who are not in the local area. They may carry it at Grills in Mississippi. I haven't seen it in any of the local grocery stores. Um, but the Kansas City Barbecue Shop store is a great uh, internet uh, access to rubs and sauces. And again, locally here, Grills in Mississippi does as well. But I, you know, Carol, one of the things you know that I I see and I encourage people to do, and I do here around the house a lot of time. I don't, I don't, I don't make a sauce every time I'm going to smoke, you know, I'll go get a lot of times, whatever I've got left over in the refrigerator and it may be crap. I may have craft in there. It's some of the best sauce. You just get a, get a bottle of craft barbecue sauce, the original and add some garlic powder, add some apple cider vinegar, add, um, if you want to sweeten it up, add some honey. If you want to get a little bit spicier, add some red pepper or hot sauce. And you really can turn, you can return, you can turn, this barbecue sauce is from your grocery store aisle into something that's really different than, you know, the people are normally going to have. And just look at the different recipes and decide what you like. You know, if you like more vinegar, add more vinegar. If you want more heat, add more heat, you know, and just work with it. And it always helps to warm it up on the stove, you know, put it on your smoker if you have time, but as you're adjusting your flavors, just warm it up a little bit when you're adding your garlic powder and your seasonings until you get to a point that you know that you like it, and uh, it's just a fun, fun and inexpensive way to play around with everything that you probably already have in your kitchen. 
It's a great idea. And Trudia, I wanted to go back to something you were talking about in the first segment, and we moved on and never got back to it. You were talking about actually when to put the sauce on the barbecue. And mm -hmm. I know that many people out there are, you know, slather the sauce on early and all during the process. It sounded from what you were saying like that's not the best idea. Not for your not for your sauce. No, because basically if you use a tomato based sauce, it's gonna burn. It, it's gonna burn. It's gonna get it can get it can get a scorched flavor. And so it, you you apply that more at the end of the cooking process. Now, if you're applying a marinade, that's different, you know, or if you're spritzing with a spray bottle with apple juice and apple cider, apple cider vinegar on your Boston butt, you know, that's during the cooking process. Um, so a marinade, yes, you know, apply during the cooking process to keep your meat from drying out your sauce that you're going to eat it with at, at the table, apply toward the end of the cooking process you know, probably 30 minutes, no more than 45 minutes before you're going to bring it off the off your cooker. And when you're doing something like grilled chicken, would that just be in the last few minutes? That grilled chicken would be in the last few minutes. Absolutely. Yeah, I will. I've got a marinade that I use for my chicken sometimes. Uh, and then it's a it's a vinegar based marinade. And then I'll, I'll baste it during the cooking process just to get some good smoke, you know, because chicken's going to grill chicken. It's going to cook faster. So I'll baste it and generate smoke on the grill and impart that flavor. But, yeah, you just uh, grill chicken, put your sauce on five minutes before you pull it off. Okay. And a dry rub you leave on the whole time. Is that correct? correct. Now, Trude, you cook a lot of turkey, right? Talk to us a little bit about your 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 turkey, because not everybody, you know, does turkey. Yeah, uh, smoked turkey breast. Just start with a basic uh, smoked turkey breast from Kroger, uh, and again, using an aluminum pan. You know, it's something that's so good to have in the refrigerator. Um, I cook the smoked turkey in the aluminum pan for the entire cooking process, and I use my barbecue dry rub. You could use salt and pepper, whatever you like. It doesn't have to be barbecue. You can use whatever seasonings you want. I use my barbecue dry rub, and I cook it breast side down. And the key is I put, I get a fourth a stick of butter, and I put half of that in the cavity, the breast cavity, and then I'll put the rest in the bottom of the aluminum pan so you have some moisture in that pan until the turkey starts rendering some juices. And hmm. I could, could smoke that turkey. Uh, until it gets 150 degrees internal temperature. Now, some some listeners may be thinking, now, wait a minute, that turkey's not done. Well, it's going, it is done. It's, it doesn't have, turkey doesn't have to be to 170 to 190 degrees, that dry turkey we have on Thanksgiving a lot of times. <laughs> you can, you've got that turkey steaming in the bottom of that aluminum pan and all of those good juices from butter and the dry rub. And once you pull it off at 150 degrees, wrap it in foil, and let it sit on your kitchen cat counter as long as you can stand it, but at least for like 30, 45 minutes. <laughs> and uh, that internal temperature is going to continue to rise. And you can either serve it sliced or you can pull it like pull, it'll pull like pulled pork, or you can debone, you can debone the turkey breast and slice it and serve it as slices as well. But it's, wow. uh, it's something that it's, I, I really encourage people to give it a try. 
uh, it's um, it's something that even the my nieces and my nieces and nephews, you know, the younger kids really enjoy that. Uh, the children enjoy that as well, which is always good to find something that they like. Well, I've had a hard time finding turkey breast and your know, whole turkey breast. And uh, last week I was at Kroger and I noticed that they have them. They're in the frozen food section. I was looking for Cornish hens, and that's where the Cornish hens were. And so that they had like butterball frozen turkey breast. I didn't see anything that was plain, you know, without uh, you know, the injections of the, the butterball stuff. But I was really pleased to find those. Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been tough the last several months, as everybody knows, finding a lot of a lot of the different meats, but. The turkeys I use, are fr it's a frozen turkey breast uh, from Kroger. I think it's Country Pride or Pride. I'll, um, but it, yeah, it, but I don't try, I never, I never do a whole turkey. If I do a whole turkey, I'm gonna cut the legs off and smoke the turkey legs separate that, because the cooking time, is, it takes so much longer. So um, to get the breast done and the, and the thigh meat and the leg meat. So I'll just cut those off and do them separate which is absolutely delight just, just delightful treat in and of itself. Trudy, the brand that you're talking about, the, fro the turkey breast, is it frozen or is it in the meat case? It's frozen. Uh, okay. It's, fro it's in the frozen meat case and it's fried turkey. It's fried turkey breast. And we only have a few minutes left, but can you touch on vegetables a little bit? Something other than meats as we go out. Well, I'll, I was reminded by, there's a great series on Netflix, uh, Chef's Table Barbecue, and I was reminded uh, about this, the beauty of cooking vegetables over fire. And one thing that, that I love doing here is grilled romaine lettuce to a grilled romaine salad. Hmm. And you get you romaine lettuce from the store, cut it in half, but keep it on the core. You know, don't cut that core off brush it with some olive oil and get you a hot fire and just put it down, cut side down for about five minutes, get some good char on that, turn it over when, when you flip it over, have some Parmesan cheese ready to go on that and salt and pepper. And within eight minutes or so, you've got a wonderful grilled romaine uh, salad that you can serve with uh, whatever toppings that you would like. But it's, it's easy, it's different and uh, highly recommended. We want to thank Trudy Fisher for joining us right here on Deep South Dining. We always are happy to have you on. Our show is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. The show is produced by Java Chapman, to our co-host, Carol Puckett, and myself and our callers today. Thank you very much for joining us. Stay tuned for now you're talking with Marshall Ramsey and Southern Remedy at 11 a.m., and join us every Monday at 9 o'clock right here for Deep South Dining, only on MPB Think Radio.